Hi everyone, I'm Suzanne Delahunty and this is Freedom Hunters, a podcast about inspiring people who have made fascinating career changes and found freedom in their dream career. We talk about their journeys, how they changed career, the challenges they faced along the way and what success means for them now that they're doing what they love. Christina Carlson is a woman on a mission. She wants to get millions of people to dream big and create their dream lives. And by the looks of things, she's well on her way to achieving it. Christina is the founder of the stationery and lifestyle brand Kiki K, which has stores in Australia, New Zealand, the USA, UK, Singapore and Hong Kong. And it's available online in over 140 countries around the world. Christina really is living her dream life. But before she started Kiki K, Christina tried different jobs in hospitality and travel, finding that none of them were the right fit for her. But it was during a sleepless night of not knowing and worrying about what she should do with her life that she wrote a list of exactly what she wanted from her career and lifestyle. What she wrote down did not include running a global stationery brand, but it was from that list that Kiki K was born. Christina shared with me how she went from that sleepless night to starting up her own business and what the early days were like. We talk about mentoring, the importance of trying out different jobs and what success is for her. But what she's most passionate about now is the importance of dreaming, which is the subject of her recently published book, Your Dream Life Starts Here. For anyone wondering what to do with their life, how to find out what their passion is, or how to steer their career in a new direction, Christina's advice is going to be hugely inspiring. Please enjoy this episode with Christina Carlson. Christina, what was it like growing up in Sweden? It was beautiful to grow up in Sweden. I grew up on a farm, so I um, I had a very um, privileged in terms of very much a relaxed, a um, lot of outdoor nature, animals, very calm um, upbringing, you know, and a very stable upbringing. Um, we had a farm and my parents were both working on the farm. Um, the only thing missing, uh, I felt, which has kind of, um, I guess, um, got me to where I am today, is travel. So we didn't travel as kids as much as I would have liked to. So that was always my dreams to see the world. And um, that's what I'm doing now, which is exciting. Yeah. And so when you were, when you were growing up, uh, what kind of kid were you? What were you into? I think I was an entrepreneurial kid. I was, you know, there's a little um, kind of farming um, country club kind of thing you can be a member of and they encourage you to start your own business very young so I um, but when you you do it more on paper or you do it with your animals or something so it's not it's more kind of keeping record what the costs are and and um, you know making sure that the the animals survive etc so it's more um, but they call it this company uh, small business trial kind of thing um so I did a lot of that to kind of um, understand small business to start with and uh, or to in, in very early days and then um I I think I saw potential in everything so I um I um started working really early in a little supermarket I just wanted to get out there because you know it was quiet on the farm and you know far away from a lot of friends so I started working in a little supermarket and then when I was 13 I um started to work in the hospitality industry and I uh, worked for a um, guy who was very entrepreneurial and taught me how to um, think differently and um, do things when you couldn't really afford it and, and doing things a bit um, 
out of the way. So um, that was a really exciting upbringing and has been really helpful for me, obviously. Yeah. Starting my own business. Amazing having that kind of experience so young and mm. having that sort of entrepreneurial spirit sort of, uh, yeah. you know, awakened at that age. Yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up? I don't actually know that I know that I knew what I wanted to be, but um, travel was definitely a part of it. So I didn't know um, if I wanted to work in travel, but I kind of wanted to see the world. That was more important to me than really thinking about what I wanted to do. I, um, I, because I was um, in the hospitality industry, I kind of knew that that I didn't. That's not what I really wanted to do. But it was such a great learning. I, um, I. At one stage, decided to be a hairdresser um, because I think I, and I, did, I didn't end up becoming a hairdresser because I realized that it was a creative side, not not the um, standing there and cut people's hair. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I uh, that was more to get out in the other cities. So I, I moved to Gothenburg to do that. Realized it wasn't for me. Um, Another thing that I wanted when I was studying my last years in school, I wanted to, um, for some reason, become an optometrist. I cannot explain because a lot of people say, why would you do that? Um, Because it wasn't really in line with anything else. But again, I think that was the creativity. So what I did um, to find out, because to get into that school is very, very hard in Sweden. And um, I knew that if I was going to study that, I had to really – get my grades up and um, because I was always um, working as a as a student I worked every weekend and I worked in different cities so I wasn't the best student in terms of um, I I did well considering that I didn't put I could have done much much better um, if I put more effort into it and the teachers always said you know you could do so much better I'm like I know but I just I'm just so interested in so many different things so I I knew that if I was going to become an optometrist, I had to um, study, you know, extra and do some, get my grades up. And um, I was thinking if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to stop a few other things. So I asked the local, like I grew up in a small town, so I, or close to a small town. So I asked the optometrist there if I could work for free. And I think this is really good for your podcast um, because there will be a lot of people thinking about you know, changing their careers. And um, sometimes to try something before you actually jump in is a really good advice, I think. Absolutely. Um, so I worked every Thursday there for free. And obviously I was close to watching the optometrist, but I was also helping out, you know, bringing them coffee or whatever needed to be done. So I was working there for free. Um, and then and um, then I realized after you know, doing that um, for a few months that that's not that wasn't for me. And then, and then I got a job there, and they said, "Hey, you get a full time." And I, after school, and I'm like, "Thank you so much, but no, this is not for me." So, um, so um, there was a few things I wanted to do. Yeah, also travel. Uh, travel. I became a tr- uh, a young travel guide. So I took Swedish people to Germany. Uh, I studied German and um, um, uh, t- and to um, Austria on a bus tour. So, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back on that now, a lot of things that you wouldn't have. Yeah, I haven't spoken about. Hey, actually. <laughs> so, did you um, did you go on to study at university, or was the lure of world travel too great? Yeah, point? no, I, I finished year twelve, mm-hmm. and um, I spent a year. I took a. I did year eleven, and then I took a year in the US, travelled around the US, mm-hmm. and then I came back and finished year twelve. 
And then I didn't because then I um, I uh, decided to continue travel and I went to study German in Germany. I worked for a wine um, company there to do tour guiding for um, tourists. And then from there I went to Austria to ski resort to work um, and have fun. And that's where I met my Australian man and that's what brought me to Australia. And then I started KKK. So I never did university. So when you got to Australia, did, were you working at that time or was it all about trying to find your thing in life? No, I was working because I had to pay rent and I had to eat and um, I uh, I was on a working holiday visa. Um, it was um, so you don't get the, um, the jobs that you want. So I was in hospitality and I was working as a host and, um, and I was um, doing everything – but not, that's what kind of got me um, a little bit uncertain what I was going to do, and I call it my early, um, you know, mid-year, mid-life crisis. Um, but I had it like as twenty-five, and I was really unsettled, and I had no idea. And I was asking my partner a million times a day what I'm going to do with my life. And this was, you know, I was um, when I came to Australia, I was twenty-two, so I had a, a few years traveling and you know, living an amazing life in terms of. Um, having lots of fun, but I felt like it was time for me to really work out. I didn't want to be in this suitcase yeah. anymore. I wanted to kind of be in one – I still wanted to travel, but I didn't want to um, be living from one place to the other. So I was kind of ready to settle and do something, and I wasn't sure if that was going to be in Australia or wherever, but I was kind of ready to do something more serious, and that's that's when I started to um, – think about my my future so tell me the story of how you came up with the idea for kiki k <clears throat> yeah so um i was really unsettled as i said so um i uh woke up my partner paul at 3 a.m one morning and i think i would have woken him up for the fifth time that night asking him what i'm gonna do with my life and he was a little bit over me um asking the same thing <laughs> fair enough and uh, i um he said to me, why don't we write down what is important to you? So he turned the light on, gave me some p- piece of paper, not a kiki K piece of paper, but a pen and a paper. And he said to me, let's write down what's important to you. So I wrote down what I now call my 3M list. And at 3M I wrote down that I wanted to drive to work every day and absolutely loving it. I wanted to have a business on my own, but I didn't know what that was going to be or I had no idea. Uh, I wanted to have a connection with Sweden. My little brother was sick at the time, so I had to go home a couple of times uh, last minute. And I was thinking I wanted to work and be connected to Sweden. So if I was ever, if this ever happened again, I can actually stay there for a little while. So that was important to have that connection with Sweden. I wanted to work with Swedish design. It was, it's a passion of mine. And then I wanted to make $500 a week. And the $500 a week was based on rent, food, and, you know, a trip home. Um, some, some good wine in between <laughs> and um, and then when I was looking at so obviously I went back to sleep and then I was looking for the next few days I was looking at that list and in, before Kiki K came up I looked at lots of different things um, and I often don't talk about this when I am talking because I only have a certain amount of time to speak so I can't speak about everything but I think it's relevant here is that it didn't it didn't happen overnight and um, I um, I because travel was one of my passions I wanted to drive to work every day and I want and travel was so close to my heart I I thought oh, I'm going to work in the travel industry so I 
um, and because I, I was on working holiday visa and my English was my second language, I was like, I'm just going to work for free somewhere. So I knocked on, on the best, what I could see was the best travel agent at the time in, in Melbourne where I was living. And I just saw the CEO and I said, hey, or the owner, I said, hey, can I work for free here until to learn, um, but and, but I'll do whatever you need me to do. And this is when, you know, photocopying and faxing and all those kind of things was still relevant. Um, so <laughs> I did a lot of that. I, you know, got coffees for people and eventually I um, started to, they sent me to be educated in their system, uh, which I couldn't afford to do, but they paid for it. And then I um, I became a travel consultant. And, um, you know, I, this is second language. It was a corporate travel agent. I had no idea how to write letters or, or um, you know, emails or whatever it was at the time. Uh, so I kind of used to pick up faxes from recycled bins and I put them in a folder and to learn how to write in English in, in the travel language. And um, I, uh, I worked there for a few weeks and then they started to pay me and then um, educated me and then uh, became a travel consultant, which was exciting and fun because I love learning and I'm, you know, it was an adventure. But I realized quickly that, you know, travel is one thing, booking other people's travel is not as exciting. <laughs> Constant FOMO. <laughs> exactly. So I, um, I decided that wasn't for me and that's when Kiki K came about. Um, I was used to beautiful stationery from Sweden <clears throat> and um, because I had on my list that I wanted to um, have my own business I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna really look into what that could be so looking at importing looking at you know bringing a Swedish business to Australia whatever it was but my first kind of um, action out of that point to start my own business was to set up a beautiful home office because I was thinking you know it's important environment's really important to me to be inspired is really important and I thought I need some beautiful you know notebooks and I need beautiful storage boxes to be all organized and um, I went out to buy some products and I just couldn't find anything and it was you know in in my view badly designed price driven category really I mean there's so much available now but back then it was all cheap and you know, functional but not beautiful. So I um, I um, saw the opportunity and I rushed home to Paul and I said, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to open a beautiful Swedish design store specializing in stationery around the world in my favorite cities, being Paris, London, New York, etc. And um, here I am uh, with, um, I don't know, over 100 stores in five different countries and we sell to 147 countries now online which blows my mind every time I say that uh, because it's just yeah. incredible what you can do now like when I was thinking globally back then it was a big thing because you know it was brick and mortar and it was stores everywhere now obviously we can be you can be present in any country um, much easier than yeah. back then so going global was much bigger back then what it is today if you say you're going global today it's kind of taken for granted but back then it was a big thing. Absolutely. So tell me about the early days of Kiki K. How did you initially get it off the ground and how did you market it? Yeah, so I um, I started by um, designing. I, I borrowed $3,000 from Paul and I um, designed a collection of basically based on stuff that I um, wanted to have and what I needed. And uh, I asked all my friends and I said, hey, this notebook is going to cost $10. What do you think? And everyone said, yes, I'm going to buy that. And it was kind of a little bit too good to be true, you know, when you just feel like, you know, it's easy to say that you're going to buy something, but actually giving me the dollars is different. So I designed this collection and I decided to 
because I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have any lo- a lot of knowledge about anything. I um, I asked my friends to invite ten friends each, and um, almost like a Tupperware kind of, um, you know, party plan kind of way. But I call it focus group because I really wanted to understand first: do people really want to buy things like this? And uh, because I was more, you know, it was a price-driven category, and I. Um, I, my products were more expensive, better quality and better better design. So I wasn't really sure. And then I, you know, I had the vision of the store, etc. And everyone thought I was doing a new news agent or a new boxed big retail. I'm like, no, this is this is different. Uh, so I got my friends to do these what I called focus groups, but basically, ten people. I showed, I set up my um, in their living room and it took me like three hours all color coordinated I had lamps and I had a tiny little car with always the last box on my on my lap and it was um it was a very um you know it was just me doing it all in this to to start with and then people started to to buy it about 40 of those and I remember them very vividly because in Melbourne it was like 40 degrees in February and I had no air conditioning so I remember that very very, very well. And um, and then I started to, you know, people started to call me and say, um, you know, I want to buy more. And then I started to wholesale into design stores. And then um, I uh, we built a website and uh, we won um, out of 800 websites, we won the best small website and we had no idea what we were doing. And then, <laughs> and then I started to um, sell into stores and then eventually I... Um, convinced Paul to sell his house to open the first store. So 2001, wow. we opened the first store. Where was the first store? In Melbourne Central, upstairs. Oh, yeah. It was like um, it was like the worst location and the worst place to open. And I thought if we can make it here, we can make it anywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now Melbourne Central is great. Um, and we, we own ground floor and it's much, much better. But it, back then it was, um, it was um, not um, Not as best. much pedestrian traffic yeah and also the old center it's a new center now but it was yeah it was not great but it was a good start yeah so was growth pretty slow or was it like a hockey stick growth line how did it was very fast because basically um well maybe not the first couple of years because we Paul only had one house to sell and then we were trying to work out how can we do um more um more stores and um we then worked with supply. Um, one of our shop fitters helped us fund the first couple of stores in terms of us not paying up front. We can we could do it after after a few months, uh, which is you know wow. really amazing. Yeah. And then um, eventually we got some investors involved and we grew very very fast. And um, we you know at one stage we opened twenty stores in twenty weeks. So um, so yes, it was very fast growth. Um, but you know, and then you know, then we did some mistakes. Of course, you do when you go fast. And then we really looked at things, and then we we slowed down, and then we went fast again. And so it's been um, it's been fast. But saying that, um, now we are not growing as many stores, but we are growing. Um, you know, I said 147 countries. So obviously, there's so much potential now to to not mm. just have stores, but to um, to to sell online. And and our purpose at Kiki Case to inspire people to live their best life um, every day. So there's not, you know, when I talk Kiki K, I'm not just talking retail. That's just one part of what we're doing. Yeah, well, you've identified a really unique niche there where stationery meets Scandinavian design meets personal development. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that with your dreaming workshops and, and the, your products actually give people the tools to do their journaling yep. and make their vision boards and that sort of thing. Um, 
Did you have that vision for Kiki K from the start or did that evolve as your brand and, and as you've developed? Yeah, it's no, it wasn't uh, to start with. It, when I started, it was all about home office to be more organized and more, um, you know, productive. So that was really the angle. And then as I evolved as a person, because I'm very much a personal development junkie, like I love learning and I read a few books a week and I just never stop learning and I always want to live a better life and always want to be more productive and healthier and, and live a more, you know, I guess, um, around life and balanced life. And, um, and uh, as I started to do more of that, I... Um, I started to share it. So, so our purpose at Kiki is to inspire people to live their best life every day. And we do that under four words. And number one is dreaming. You know, I'm very passionate about dreaming because I think that's where everyone should start because as, as we talked about the other day is that a lot of people fall into like a career um, because they might be really good at school. And then, you know, I meet so many <laughs> people in law <laughs> that this is very applicable to yes. where they're so good at school and that's the obvious choice. Actually, law and medicine, um, mainly law, but medicine as well, because it's a two obvious choices when you're really good at school or go to a really good school where you have the option to go um, to those kind of educations. And um, and uh, and then they realize um, after a while that that's not for them, even though they're, they're really good at it, it's not for them. So I think dreaming is the starting point because um, – if you start with setting goals, you might look at, you know, maybe, you know, change your career a tiny bit to to either become better or, you know, your next role or whatever. But if you actually remove everything and just think about if I couldn't fail, if I had all the money, the resources and knowledge and the time and the energy, what would I do with my life? And then that removes you from where you are today and you can actually think about anything you want to do in life. Um, so dreaming is a start and then um, – the second word is do, and um, you can dream all your life, but if you don't take any actions and actually um, set some goals and make your dreams come true, um, obviously that's not going to happen. So doing is really much part of, of our um, purpose as well. And then the third word is enjoy. And um, I, you know, again, you can dream and you can have really big ambitions, but it's about every day. We don't know if we have more than one day. So enjoying every day and enjoying is also, so it's about doing what you love, but also about gen regenerating so you can do all the amazing big dreams. So, yeah. you know, what do you need to do to, um, to um, re-energize yourself and, um, and, um, and, uh, and have fun. So for me, like enjoying is like the simple stuff, like, you know, journaling, have a coffee in a new cafe or, or you know, go walking or whatever it is. But it's about regenerate, re-energize yourself, but also um, uh, enjoy it at the same time. So yeah, yeah, I think that's really important because you kind of forget you've you do need to enjoy it because otherwise you get I tend to get this like foreboding kind of joy where you're like everything's going so well something's gonna go wrong. yeah yeah but you've just got to stop and enjoy it I yeah think, and absolutely kind of absolutely and the enjoying the little you. things in life I think is the um is the is the key because you often work on big projects or you you know you has a very full life but for me enjoy is about the small little things that you can do every day that doesn't really require you know, you can you can do that without having a perfect life or living your dream life. Enjoying is about finding whatever brings you joy, and often it's the small little things like you know walking or taking time for you, whatever whatever that is for each individual. And the last word is share, and that's what I was want to come to based on your question is that I I wanted to share everything that I learned, and it's been a natural thing for me always. But um, but 
uh, through KKK, it's a perfect kind of um, community because a lot of people are interested in the things that I'm interested in. And I, I started to learn about happiness. I started to learn about habits. And I always felt like surely I'm not the only one who um, are interested in this. And I started to share it. And then obviously then we started to put it into our journals and we do workshops about how to set goals or dream or or be more mindful, be more organized. And um, that's, um, that's how I, the business has evolved based on what I have been interested in and what I wanted to to share. So, so that is um, that is our purpose, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this brings me to a question about uh, passion, yeah. because a lot of people say they don't have a passion mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do, but they just don't like what they're doing right now. Yeah. And stationery was that a, always a passion for you? Or was it something that just grew? Or when or how did you realize that? This was part of your passion. Well, I always, I have always been a stationary lover, but I never thought that I would be working on that. But you know, I don't know if you remember when you start school. Like that was the most exciting thing of school for me was about getting the right notebook and the matching pen. And you know, in in Sweden we used to dress our books in you know book paper. I don't know what it's called, but book paper and. Like that was so exciting, and I think there's something uh, amazing with a new, fresh notebook because I think it's like the, the, um, the, the, uh, the promise of a new start or a fresh start and starting over. And um, I still get super excited, even though I, you know, I can have every notebook that we do. I still get super excited about a new, fresh notebook, and I obviously a very big um, user of notebooks. Um, so I, I always been passionate, but I never thought that that was going to be part of my career ever. Like that was never, never. And I just felt like that was a need and a gap in the market at the time because of the needs that I had. And um, I'm so glad because I do love. And I think, you know, for this podcast, I think if there's one message to get through here, um, to do something you're passionate about is so important, especially if you're starting your own business, but even in in, um, in a career you spend so much time at work, you know, mm. even if you work for someone else or if you work for yourself. And um, why not? And, you know, we were talking on Friday that regardless, you, one of my dreams is to live till I'm 120. And regardless, if I get to live that long, life feels really short to me. So why not um, do what you love? And um, you said earlier that in a lot – a lot of people don't know what their passions are, but there's um, there's a lot of tools to work through because we all are passionate about things and we just have to find it. And I feel once you remove a few things from your life, like, you know, disconnect from your phone because we are never bored anymore. We are always uh, on those devices and you don't actually have a lot of time to really go inwards and think about what you want to do. So, um I'm sure there are passion. Everyone has a passion. It could be um, something that's quite obvious, but also not obvious because they haven't spent time thinking about it. So there's always things that, you know, in my book I talk about finding your values and also um, finding your passions and then somehow combine them. Um, but it's, it requires a little bit of searching inside and um, and, you know, put some pen to paper and really um, think about what is important to you and I encourage mm-hmm. everyone to do that and I think if you ask those questions like what would I do if I couldn't fail that that question in itself it's like if you actually could do anything in the world there is always something that comes to mind it might not be a career but it will be like if you couldn't if you could do anything in the world you know what would that be and um, and then you're just asking yourself you know, if I could, if I had all the money, the resources, and knowledge, and the energy, and the time, what would I do with my life? And if you start there, 
you know, we saw that on Friday when mm. we met that there was not one person not writing. So we all have it. It's just really to taking the time. And for those people who are not able to do that, maybe go and do a workshop or I did um, I did three days with uh, no phone. Uh, I, I went away to a little spa resort, but you don't have to go away. You can just do it for 24 hours. You don't have to leave your home to do it. So it's not like an excuse to not put it because everyone's like, well, not everyone can go away. And I'm, But uh, that's not the point. The point is to disconnect and actually put your phone away and actually start writing and thinking. And I did that for three days. And that's when I came up with my book that I launched last year. Yeah. Actually, I want to ask you about that a little bit later. Though. Yeah. So we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. Coming back to Kiki K and its global uh, presence now, because you now have, you know, bricks and mortar uh, presence in countries like the USA, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Singapore. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious. Have you found that there are any cultural nuances with your products? Do some countries prefer or not like certain products? I think it's pretty universal in terms of um, the products that has the purpose of living your best life. I feel like um, most humans relate to that. Um, there are certainly cert certain products that are working better in certain countries. So, for example, in Singapore, we have a recipe organizer. Hardly anyone cooks because they have um, help or they go out eating all the time. So that product doesn't sell as well, but it doesn't mean there is expats and there are people who are co do cook, but it's just those kind of differences. Um, I think... Yeah, I think the rest is really working um, across all the different countries. Mm. So that's oh, it's quite encouraging to hear that that's quite a universal thing, the whole um, personal development and dreaming and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, um, and especially you know, we have um, we have stores in, in, uh, in a couple of Asian countries, Singapore and um, Hong Kong, and they are um, – what should I say? They they are hard workers. They do spend so much time. I did a sleep event in Singapore and I was shocked um, of the hours that they're doing. And, you know, people – and I know that across the world we work really hard, but I've never – you know, there were people working there to like 2 a.m. Wow. Yeah, so, so – and I – so sleep was a very important topic to talk about, and and um, and um, you know we are. Um, it's the same. I was in China the other day, and you know the hours that they work is just incredible. So I feel that even though they might not be as personal development focused because they haven't had time, they need it more than anyone. So I feel like we can help in those countries for sure. So how will you continue to stand out and innovate? Do you think with Kiki K? Oh, I feel like that is not the problem. <laughs> I feel like uh, there's so much we can do. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't see us as a retail brand. I see us as a lifestyle brand. And I see us as having so much potential to do whatever we wanted to do. So uh, it will always be the Swedish design aspect and there will always be our purpose behind it. But, you know, between there um, – you know, the dreaming and doing and drawing and sharing, it's just endless. So um, I feel like um, we will always continue. There will be a lot of um, of the aspect of dreaming because I feel like if everyone around the world could live their dream life, the, there will be an amazing ripple effect because if you love what you do, then you are, you know, you're more likely to love life and that will be... Um, um, 
inspiring for the people around you and then that will be a ripple effect that way so I will focus a lot on the dreaming in the next because obviously my book but also because I really do believe that you can do so many amazing things and actually taking the time to dream it's not a lot of a lot of us do that but I love dreaming within my business because if you if you if you just look at your business and you are restricted by budgets and time and resources and all those stuff that we all are all businesses are regardless how um, successful the businesses are but if you actually take some time to what would you do within the business if you couldn't fail and if you had all the money and the budget and the resources and the knowledge and all that and there's no no one could tell you that we couldn't do it what could we do the the opportunities are endless and um and i get really excited about that so that's an ongoing thing those continually asking yourself those oh, questions that, yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. you know it's most you know uh, it's the most challenging time being in retail for sure so we're going through a lot of challenges and um it's not fun and it's um it's um it's you know challenging <laughs> but in every challenge, there is opportunities. So um, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, what should I say? I find it frustrating and suffering and all those kind of things that we all do. But I also know that there's so much potential in terms of being global and reaching. Uh, you know, my dream is to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams and go and chase them. So that I'll keep that in between all my challenges and all the things that we need to do to change. Um, I keep that in front of mind and that keeps me excited and the potential is just endless. And that's relevant to your book, which is Your Dream Life Starts Here. And that came out in October. And tell me about what you set out to achieve with this book. Yes, so I um, I have since I started a business, I've always been invited to speak about the you know the business journey and the entrepreneurial side and a lot of interest in female in business, etc. And as I have evolved as a person, I started to share much more what I do in my personal life in terms of the dreaming side, uh, because my first dreams on paper really created Kiki K. And uh, I always have a handful of people coming up after, without doubt, and they always says. They always say, you know, where, 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 where can I continue, or what's my next step? And and um, um, as I'm traveling so much, I don't really have time to speak to each individual. And um, and also at Kiki K, we have so many products that can help people, but you kind of really have to find out where they are and stuff. So I've decided then to um, put all my tools into one book, so um, so I can help more people um, create their dream life. So it's basically um the the tools for dreaming and and then choosing i encourage people to choose three dreams but you can do whatever you want to do um um, to really start and then the process of finding out what your values are and your what purpose want to be and what you know what keeps you alive and making sure that you live a um fun life and um and an inspiring life to whatever whatever that is for you so that was the that was the dream and it includes the stories of some pretty inspiring people doesn't it yes yes yeah so you know it's funny i uh, i decided to so i went away um three days without my phone just a journal and notebook and i came up with um that i wanted to write a book and um my team said you know who we're going to publish with and i said no i'm not going to and we work with a lot of diff- different publishers but they are a slow industry they take a couple of years and uh, i said no i'm going to do this in six months i'm an entrepreneur so i i want to do things quick and then move on to the next exciting thing so i said let's do it in six months and uh, you know some of 
some of them thought I was crazy, but it's a good lesson in that. Like if you give yourself six months to write a book, it takes six months. If you give yourself two years, it will take two years. So it's it's a, it's a mindset, and you know sometimes obviously it's it's you know I, I had help like my partner took my book to another level so I wrote it and then I gave it to him and he fixed it to another level and he said to me um because I did we did it so fast he said to me we should we should include some other stories and I said yeah that it would be amazing but we are you know we're going to print very shortly and I committed to this timeline and um anyway we talked about it and decided to go for it and because we worked with lots of different people like that before and you know it's it's not an it's not an overnight thing everyone is busy so we um decided to uh, reach out to these amazing people but one thing that was really important to me and that I didn't give in on was that I wanted to have it all approved by the people so you know there's Stella McCartney there's Oprah Winfrey there's Richard Branson not the most accessible people in terms of they are very busy people and um, I have a lot of people who want their attention so I um, I decided I would not publish their story so I wrote it from my point of view and that was fitting into the book because all these people that I had in the or have in the book I find that a lot of people look at them thinking they have it all and they started with a silver spoon but not all you know like you're looking at Oprah and you Michelle Obama and and uh, you know even someone like Stella who you know grew up in a in a very fortunate um, uh, environment she has taken her business like it's sometimes even harder to succeed as a designer with the pressure that she had to go through and what I love about her story is the values and that she's changing the fashion industry to 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 be much more sustainable and and you know making um, so many other businesses follow her because of that. So um, that was um, a, 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 and anyway, so to cut a very long story short was that I um, decided that I would have every person approve the story. So I sent it to them and um, we had very short time frames, and um, everyone said yes, except I couldn't get Michelle Obama, um, but she was launching her book at the same time. So I decided that I would publish her because everything that I say is complimentary and helping her sell more books. So it's, um, I decided that was the only one that I um, went publishing without having the approval. <laughs> so did you have mentors uh, during your career? And if so, how have they helped you? Oh yes, I had lots of different mentors, but I never had it in a in a traditional uh, or um, a very structured way. So I believe that mentors are like friends; you don't get everything from one person. So uh, when I needed financial mentorship in terms of help in in the financial side of the business, I would see my old boss. I would see people who I knew were really good at that. I reached out. I've never been in retail, so I reached out to people to just say, hey, can we have a coffee? I'm, I'm going to start something in retail. I have no idea. Where do I start kind of thing? Um, so I, for anyone who's listening, it's really like what what is it that you want to know? And then just have coffees. You don't have to because I think sometimes um, first – as an individual, you, you it takes longer because you need to find someone who's absolutely perfect. But having lots of coffees, it doesn't it requires an hour, and um, and uh, if that person is inspiring and you want more, then you can say, "Can we have another coffee?" Or you can do something more formal, perhaps. But it doesn't have to start that way. And I think it's just the more coffees you have, and the more people you get to know, and people are really happy to help people. So I think once you start, you're saying, "You know, I need help with that." Do you know someone? And then they introduce you, and it's becomes 
becomes a really um, great way for, for both. And I think it's always a win-win. So for the, like there was one lady that I had uh, as my mentor and she was amazing in so many levels. And because I couldn't pay her or, uh, you know, and I didn't have a lot of value to give her, I turned up with stationery for her kids and you know I, I I said you know if your kids always want to do like work experience in my business whatever so it's always about win-win and making it easy for a person like I often have people asking me and then they say can you meet me you know in another city somewhere else and I'm you know you make it easy so you so I used to turn up you know I always said hey are you will you have lunch today? And if yes, where would you like to have it? And I'll meet you there or I'll bring you lunch or coffee to make it easy for them um, because then it's easier to say yes because, mm. um, you know, the people that you probably want to have advice from are not people who just have nothing to do. So they live a full life. So so that's my – my. but I think mentors are amazing and I still, um, I still have uh, lots of coffees to learn because there's always something to learn. Yeah, that's such good advice actually. Yeah. Often people look at people who are really successful and look at um, look at much older or much more advanced. There are so many people that are, you know, just one step ahead that you can learn from. So it doesn't have to be the ultimate perfect mentor. You know, I'm I'm learning from much younger people. Now I'm much older. I used to be the youngest all the time and now I'm the oldest. But <laughs> I learn from people who are, you know, um, much, much younger than me because it's a new it's a new um, um, era now and I'm learning from, you know, what do they want and um, you know how, what you know and it's a it's a give and take. So, you know, the last couple of days here in London I've been having lots of coffees with people who might just been starting out their business, but I'm learning so much from them. And you know, it's funny, um my uh, son is only eleven. Um I learn from him every day. Like especially in the in the you know the social media and the tech he's telling me to be more um active on social media etc <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm learning so much what advice would you give to people who feel stuck in their jobs uh that they don't love uh but who are afraid to do anything about it and change and follow a, a dream mm-hmm. i would um take one of the weekends days like a saturday or a sunday or one day when you have a day off and i would turn my phone off and I would answer the following questions. If you could do anything in your life, what would you do? And you would write that down. It could be lots of different things, but just whatever comes to mind. What would you do if you had all the money you needed? So if you didn't need to work for money, what would you do? If you had all the knowledge and the resources in whatever you want to do, what would you do? And if you had all the time and energy, what would you do? There would be lots of different things coming up on that, I'm assuming, because um, I haven't met anyone who hasn't been able to write a few things down. Sometimes it takes a little bit of a time and it's a practice to dream. And sometimes you don't feel worthy or you don't feel that um, you are allowed to do it because you might have had some influence in your past um, from you know teachers or parents or, or peers or, or you feel like you're in that um, pigeonhole of, being a lawyer or being, a, I don't know, a doctor or whatever it is. So I would take some time and actually um, um, start there. And um, and uh, if self-doubt and things like that um, is an issue, I would do whatever I can to learn about how to overcome that. So that could be by reading about it. It could be about listening to podcasts. It could be about... Um, 
seeing someone who you admire that living a great life in or you or or first in terms of self-doubt if you if you see someone who's just doing lots of great things um see what she's doing um but also in terms of careers if you one of your dreams is to completely change career go and have a coffee with a person who's working in that industry and um if you don't know anyone there will be amazing people you can google um i guarantee if you start asking 10 people every day do you know someone in this industry eventually someone will come so it just requires a little bit of work a little bit of in in inside work from yourself but also going out and and um and find out what you want to do mm. and um and um it's see it as a really positive and amazing journey and it's nothing happens overnight regardless of overnight success often takes a few years yeah so um so give yourself the time and just start somewhere and sometimes um changing careers doesn't have to be it could be like a little side project so for example you don't have to change and stop your work you could just do some fashion on the side uh, you know you could do so many side projects that might be of your passion and then eventually build that up as a business you, you know i had um I did a podcast with someone who was also a lawyer and she's now in the wellness industry and she she has a podcast as well and um and she kind of just you know started um looking at you know she was interested in health and started to do a lot of things herself and then eventually she um she you know is like in that industry so so sometimes you could just do a little side project start a blog or start an instagram account and just do it for fun yeah. and then um eventually see how you can um um jump and do something completely different yeah i think the main thing is from my perspective anyway and my experience is just to start taking steps in that direction yeah maybe you don't have a you know crystal clear vision of where it's going to end up but just take a step or two in that direction yeah. and see what what comes your way yeah there is um there is a really good quote that i always talk about on my i think i i mentioned it every podcast that i do because i think it's so powerful you don't have to be great to start but you actually have to start to be great and you don't have to be perfect and no one is perfect and i think so many people think that you look at people on instagram or you look at people having their own businesses that everything is perfect there is no such a thing like even the biggest most successful businesses have their challenges you know and especially today with sustainability and and you know the global um um complexity um there is no such a thing as a perfect and when i talk about dream life i never talk about a perfect life i i think if you're dreaming big there are bigger challenges and that is just part of of life and i see life as um 50/50 and that's how i see it i'm not saying it's right this is just how i live my life that there is a positive and negative in everything that you do and it's a good way of looking at it because it just means that when you do something negative there's always a positive in it and when there is a positive and you feel negative you know that it's okay because for example today i'm sitting here you know talking about my passion that's a positive my negative is that i'm not with my kids and that's always um you know there is a positive and negative so if you if you spend time on your own that's a positive because you're moving forward but then there might be a negative that you might not see your family or friends that day so there you just have to make some choices mm. and um and um uh, there's a positive and negative in everything you do yeah well i have two questions uh, that i ask every guest yep. uh, on my podcast and the first is what is success for you For me success is to do what I love every day. 
and I certainly do that. There is definitely the aspect of what I don't like about my my life in terms I always want to improve it and um, and um, make it better. But I I I love what I do. So success for me is to to get up every morning and be excited about what you're about to do. And there is always aspect of every job that you have and every business or every career, there are aspects of things that you don't like as much. Uh, I certainly um, have those as well. But overall, having the freedom to get up and do what you love, I think is what success is for me. That's Yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> and then finally, I am rather obsessed with travel, as are you. Yeah. Uh, and I always ask my guests for a travel tip for where they, where they live or where their family is originally from. So uh, what first comes to mind are so many amazing things for where, you know, I live in both Sweden and Australia, so both are amazing. But what comes to mind is nature. Because I think we are so busy, regardless if you live close to nature, we are so busy and our lives are so full that we don't spend enough time in nature. And I think when you do spend time in nature, so this is where the question is related because when I go to Sweden, my hometown is one hour south of Gothenburg um, and the nature, but regardless of where you are, and I think this is relevant because you don't have to travel anywhere, um, to find nature because there's, you know, even like this morning I went for a walk in St. James Park um, just to get some kind of green. And I, I feel that when you spend time in nature, walking or just being, um, just gets so much creativity out of you in terms of um, of ideas and, and actually self-reflection. So um, my tip would be um, Sweden has amazing um uh, places where you can go for walks and nature, and I every time I land in Sweden, I just feel like alive because of the of the smell and the nature. Um, but you don't have to go to Sweden to do that. You can be wherever you are and just find um, some nature and spend time because I think that would help you create your dream life. Well, Christina, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I found it so inspiring and um, very grateful. So thank you. No, thank you so much for having me. And I hope um, I have added some value to your listeners and I hope that everyone listening will take some time to dream and hopefully dreaming big. So Definitely. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Freedom Hunters. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It'll give the series a boost and help other people find it. And you can find out more on what I'm passionate about on my website, secondsister.com or Instagram at Suzanne Dalhunty. Tune in on the first of every month when another inspiring guest will be sharing their story of how they found freedom in a career that they love. 